Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. Here at KKHI, we are well aware that a pro-life activist climbed on the sphere in a demonstration to raise funds for a crisis pregnancy. This week, we are also aware that the media hotel has turned into a giant Doritos chip on the outside of the hotel, and we know all kinds of crazy things are going on around Vegas, like Taylor Swift wanting to file a suit against a University of Central Florida college student who is tracking her private flights, and she says she feels insecure about that. So she's even sold one of her jets now this week. There's just news everywhere, but on this episode of KKHI, we are sticking strictly to football. Stan Weber will join us in a few minutes. We have so much to talk about, including the big question I have this week, and maybe the most important question in this year's Super Bowl, is Patrick Mahomes more of a game manager than Brock Purdy? That's right. The question was brought up in Las Vegas. I had not thought of it. And as I dissect that a little bit more, I think that's a very important part of this game because the Chiefs' success since Christmas Day has been Patrick Mahomes as a game manager. He has played more like Alex Smith and less like Patrick Mahomes. The idea being you have a tremendous defense, manage the game, don't turn it over, get the lead, and don't need end-of-game heroics. The beautiful part of that is, if it doesn't work and you find yourself behind against the San Francisco 49ers, you still have Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter who can be the hero instead of the game manager. It's the best of both worlds. We'll get into that discussion as Mahomes actually had more passes to running backs and tight ends this year, short passes, than Brock Purdy did. 210 for Mahomes. That's number one in the NFL Brock Purdy, 151, ninth in the NFL. So, yes, if you're describing a game manager, which is more of the dink and dunk, the short throws, Patrick Mahomes led the National Football League with 210 passes like that. As far as downfield passing, they're almost identical. Mahomes was down this year compared to other years. He finished 12th in the league with passes downfield. He had 25 total. Brock Purdy finished 10th in the NFL with 27 downfield passes. So it's all very, very close. The difference in these teams in the postseason has been the Chiefs' running game has actually been better or equal to the Niners. The biggest strength the Niners have coming into this matchup is Christian McCaffrey and that running game. You would think that the Niners are a much better running football team than the Chiefs. Over the course of the season, that's the case. In the postseason, that has not been the case. The Chiefs are way up. They're the number one rushing team in the postseason this year. And San Francisco's defense is giving up 70 yards a game rushing more than they did in the regular season. The Packers gashed them running the football. Then the Lions gashed them running the football. What's going on here? We'll ask Stan Weber with all the big matchups and the big things going on within this game and how it could play out. A couple of off-field notes around the Super Bowl related to football. Raiders defensive end stud Max Crosby said on a podcast this week, Go Chiefs! He wants the Chiefs to win because he wants the Raiders to be the ones to take them down off their pedestal at some point. That's his goal. I'm not sure I believe him, but I like that. We heard Patrick Mahomes say earlier this week that Max Crosby, he doesn't like playing against Max Crosby because he's just so relentless and so good. We also learned the story of Eric Bieniemy speaking with the Chiefs team before the Ravens game a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about that with Stan. And United Airlines has a Kansas City-only commercial for the Super Bowl. Now, it will only air here in the Midwest it won't air nationwide. They've made them for different cities, but it's pretty interesting. It's about Super Bowl, Super Bowl dynasty, and Chiefs fans having the willingness 
to buy plane tickets long before the Super Bowl in New Orleans next year and get ready for the Chiefs to be there. The tag on the end of the spot is, it's okay even if you don't make it, as United Airlines is now switching to the Southwest policy of no change fees when you switch your flight. So there's all kinds of things going on around this Super Bowl. We'll bust them all down with Stan Weber. This is your Super Bowl preview at KKHI, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. Just call them at Advanced Medical Imaging. Anytime your doctor says you need an MRI or a CT scan, do not wait. Man, it's your option to get in early and find out what's going on, and you can do that at Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. They also do heart scans, which is very important for anyone over 40 to get your plaque score. Make sure your ticker is in great shape. Amini's Galleria, the home of the Copper Dome. Maybe your Saturday will be filled with some shopping, some errands, some honeydews this weekend. Why not swing by Amini's with your significant other and take a look at what might be available for your home to make it just a little more fun this upcoming year, whether it's outdoor patio furniture this spring that you'd like to have. Maybe yours is a little old and weathered. You want to take a look. They've got a wide variety across all different price points at Amini's. They have financing available with low interest rates. They also have rugs for your home, game room consoles, pinball machines, golden tea, bar stools, you name it. It's all at Amini's in Kansas City, St. Louis, Tulsa, and Oklahoma City, 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park, online at Aminis.com. This is Aminis. And my guy Chris and his team at bstock.net. More and more of you are getting a hold of bstock.net for things other than televisions, but Saturday is a perfect time to go pick up a brand new television just for the game on Sunday. They have tremendous specials. I mean, really low-cost new TVs with great pictures or the best high-end stuff ever at 30% less than Best Buy and Nebraska Furniture Mart. Why buy anywhere else? They also have appliances. They have free delivery in Holloway on 65-inch TVs and larger. They'll do all this for you just for the big game this week. Scratch and Dent Spotlight is a 55-inch OLED, which is the best set out there, the best thing you can get. Okay? Just $650. Amazing. That's better than half-price retail. It's all at bstock.net. 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. Stan Weber is not the man that climbed the spear. He is not the chief saholic who's the bank robber who robbed 19 banks, pleaded not guilty, and is changing his plea, apparently, has decided to take some sort of a plea deal. He's none of those people, but he is the smartest football guy you will hear from leading up to the Super Bowl. He will tell you things about the Chiefs and the 49ers you won't get anywhere else, and that's why he's right here on KKHI. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues conversation is brought to you by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. Online at robertsrobinson.com. All right, here we go. It's the Super Bowl level. KKHI with Stan Weber, who joins us now to talk about all the football. We're going to stay away from everything else, Stan. We're just going to talk football. Guys like you and I, deserve the right we have the right to do a podcast where we just talk about the darn game are you ready yes i am thank you this is an epic matchup okay it happened four years ago it's a couple of great coaches offensive minds i think we can say maybe the two best teams i know the ravens during the regular season were the best team in the afc but we're looking at the chiefs a game now and i think if you were going to draw this up and say okay who's the best team in the nfl here we go is it the chiefs and niners do you have any doubt these are the teams that should be here no, I don't, and I think you said everything perfectly right there, saying it's an epic Super Bowl. In other words, we're so close to this now in Kansas City. We're talking about parades on Wednesday, uh, history, 
two Super Bowls in a row. The outlook we have around here is completely different than if you were just an NFL fan who loves football and your team wasn't in the game. For those sitting in those chairs getting ready to watch this game, that's what you have, Kevin, an epic Super Bowl. you got two teams that are ready to go at it. It should be highly competitive, and you could see doubt about who's going to win this football game. I think that is really something we shouldn't overlook. I think there's a confidence building around here with the way the Chiefs are playing, how they won in Super Bowls, uh, Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, wherever you want to go, Spag's unbelievable defensive calls right now, the way the Chiefs' defense is playing, two road wins, whatever you want to talk about the confidence level with the Chiefs, that's fine. But we do have an epic Super Bowl, and I'll start with saying, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. So keep that in mind. Any part of this discussion we have today, Kevin, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. But with that, I think it could be highly competitive. I could make scenarios all over the board, how the 49ers could win this football game. And the San Francisco 49ers were the best team in the NFL. If you watch the Ravens beat them in San Francisco, that would create some doubt. Like that was a good prove-it game for Lamar Jackson. And, hey, you can be the MVP of the regular season uh, on all those things. But things really went well. Lamar Jackson played his best game. The Ravens played their best game. That's not the real Ravens. The Ravens don't do that very often. And they don't do it when called upon in the playoffs and those kind of things. The Niners were the best team this year until the Chiefs raised their hand up like the New England Patriots did for so many years, for 15 years. They didn't necessarily dominate in the regular season, Kevin. But when it got playoff time, you looked over and saw Belichick and Brady, and you go, yep, they're the favorites in the Super Bowl. And that's what we got, the champions, real champions in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid against the 49ers, who I will propose to you, Kevin, have not proven that they can get over the hump and win the big games, okay? Maybe Shanahan isn't a great coach. I don't know. That's yet to be determined. But I will tell you, over the last five years, I've been saying it to you, Kevin, monitoring like what's happening as the season unfolded. I go, Chiefs, you don't want to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl, okay? The 19-season 49ers were really good. For three and a half quarters, they are better than the Chiefs. That team has changed quarterbacks but they're, they have had a consistency, an excellence about them, Kevin, that really makes them as good a contender to the Chiefs during that period as anyone but Cincinnati Bengals when they you know, brought in Joe Burrow and the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. You've got to give them credit in that AFC, right? But other than that, if you look over the NFC, it's been the Niners for all these years, for 19, 20, 21, 22, and now 23. So this is an epic matchup. There should be some question in your mind when you sit down and drink your favorite drink, and go to your favorite party for the Super Bowl. You're just sitting there thinking, Chiefs got it, no doubt about it. I will say, that's not what I feel. I think this game has a ton of intrigue. I do too. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for the Chiefs, but if they can play from the lead, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. In two postseason games this year, the Niners have fallen behind. No team has ever won the Super Bowl falling behind seven points or more in all of their postseason games. The Niners could do that if they fall behind and come back, but I think that's a, a really tough thing. There's a couple of stats out here. Let's start with the quarterbacks in this game. Patrick Mahomes has 203 straight passes in the postseason without an interception. If he has 35 more in this game, he passes Tom Brady and sets the all-time record. That has been a key. Brock Purdy is described as the game manager, and there's been a lot of discussion about this in Las Vegas this week, that Purdy's a game manager, Mahomes is a game breaker. But this year... Patrick Mahomes actually had 210 completions to running backs and tight ends. Purdy only 151. 
Patrick Mahomes is the number one game manager in the NFL. And the big difference for the Chiefs since Christmas Day has been Mahomes not turning it over. Are we looking at this game wrong? And when the Chiefs get the lead, they don't need Mahomes to be spectacular, but they do have the quarterback if they fall behind that can be the game breaker in the fourth quarter. But isn't the Chiefs key, Patrick Mahomes, being a game manager now? Well, I think it's a big point, Kevin, because when we break this game down again, I start with the Chiefs. I expect to win the game. But I think that the Niners will be right there. So I go down and say, well, what's my first choice? If you just had to pick one item, one player, you know, one focus to say, what could be the difference in the outcome of this game? And it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's pretty easy. He's a star quarterback. But you said it well. If he protects the football and does not turn it over, you convert this regular season Chiefs who had struggles at times. I didn't give up on them at any time, Kevin. They were struggling, but the whole AFC was struggling. The whole NFL was struggling. You know, they were still right in the mix to be the team that goes to the Super Bowl all year long. But what's vaulted them to another level, Kevin, that we've seen in the playoffs that give you all this confidence is the fact that they went from giving 1.75 turnovers per game, Kevin, all year long on average in a regular season, minus 11 turnover margin, because their defense doesn't create a ton of turnovers, and they give them up too much, that mode that the Chiefs did play in compared to not turning over the football launches them to another level. So I do think the first starting point is I can't believe that Patrick Mahomes won't have some spectacular plays, some things where you just shake your head and go, who else could do this? If they get behind, can he ramp his game up and find ways to throw the ball downfield or do whatever it needs, run? I've been saying he's putting the whole team on his back all year long. All year long, I thought he won games they shouldn't have because he ran. When he sees man-to-man, he didn't rely on his his his, uh, run, his lineman to hold it the pocket, Kevin, so he can throw. He knows he's going to run. He reads the defense and goes, okay, I'm running. I'm just going to pick which gap I'm going to go and cut your heart out. So I believe Patrick Mahomes is going to have this spectacular. And if you just told me, Kevin, in your analysis, let's talk about a Patrick Mahomes that doesn't have a turnover and a Chiefs play a clean game like that, I do think that vaults the Chiefs to the, the championship. So, yes, that is my number one thing is Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs playing a clean football game. I think they'll win because they have enough other things, you know, to, to go around. And my number two thing, though, just to finish in this thought process, is Christian McCaffrey. If Patrick Mahomes does have one turnover and the game doesn't fold, unfold with the Chiefs going right down the field and getting the lead, it's a back and forth, or, or the Niners even have a lead, I think Christian McCaffrey – is the next guy, Kevin, that is so special that even with the Chiefs playing great defense, he can win the game himself. He is slippery. He's physical. He can catch passes. He can run. He can run at the goal line. He's a flat-out winner. So I think Patrick Mahomes gets first choice to say, I'm the greatest player, and we're going to win this game. But if he doesn't take it and grasp it and throws it back up and say, let's go back to the teams and see what happens, I think Christian McCaffrey is the next guy who can grab it. And that's why the Niners, Kevin, are better than the Ravens ever thought about being, or the Buffalo Bills, because Josh Allen is just trying to win the game by himself. It's everyone around him is in shock. The head coach doesn't know what to do. It, you know, it's Josh Allen just trying to be Superman and trying to win the game. With the 49ers, they got a superstar that everyone can know is going to get the ball in the next play, and he still may not be stopped. All right, can we take anything away from Week 7 last year? The Chiefs beat the 49ers. It was Purdy's first start and McCaffrey's first game with the 49ers. McCaffrey had 10 touches for 68 yards in that game. So effective, but he didn't really become an integral part of their offense until the following week because he had just arrived after the trade. 
Uh, Purdy threw an interception at the end of that game in the end zone, came up short. I, I kind of expect the same thing. I think if this thing's on the line, and I know what Purdy was able to do coming back against the Lions, I don't expect the Niners to be able to come back in this one and beat the Chiefs. If the Chiefs have the lead, I love the Chiefs' defense. I love the way they've played. I think they will get pressure on Brock Purdy. Isn't that ultimately the biggest difference with these two teams is one has a better ability to come back from behind late and win the game, and the other doesn't? Well, that's one thing that is a big differential, but has been mitigated somewhat, Kevin. The Niners have proven under Shanahan that if they don't have things going their way, as soon as adversity hits and it gets to be the fourth quarter, they had no answer to come back. And it happened with Garoppolo, and it went right on to Purdy. Okay, that was, what, 30 straight games that if they had a more than seven-point deficit starting the fourth quarter, they never came back. You know, that stat was lingering over to them. And while we can sit here and talk about it, it's very important to point out that the Niners are not the same team as they were in the regular season. They're not. Okay, they got whipped by the Green Bay Packers. They got whipped even worse by the Detroit Lions. So you've got to factor in those playoff versions of the Niners, and it takes a lot of luster off of the team that's presented to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? We talked about the Niners being the best team. I'm talking about the regular season Niners. The playoffs have not been as good, but that leads us back to this point. What did they do for the first time ever with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan? They came back and won those games. When everything was going against them, being a favorite at home and getting your butt kicked and not being able to stop the run, Kevin, and watch the clock tick down and the weather wasn't necessarily nice and you're going, we're going to dump it. Remember those days when Marty Schottenheimer had the favorite team and you got tighter and tighter and everyone in the stands is so nervous they can't even cheer? You remember those days, Kevin. Sure. It's hard to finish it. The Niners went out and won the games. So there's a little bit of thought that Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan maybe have grown up and aren't going to panic and be just a system team in the fourth quarter and can come back. So I actually think those games throw a variable into it. Let's go to your other point. But, but I there's think so much history cut. of them not doing that. And now they're facing the number yeah, one defense yeah. in the NFL and the Chiefs. And I just, I, I, I just, I think it's so much predicated on McCaffrey running the football that when you get behind, you lose part of that. You can't just sit there and hand it to McCaffrey over and over and over. You've got to try to kind of force the issue a little bit. And I think that's where it could really change. No, no doubt about that. Those things are all true. But um, Christian McCaffrey, well, here's a big statement. The Baltimore Ravens taught the San Francisco 49ers something to have conviction in this game that's a negative factor toward the Chiefs, okay? What you said about the Niners is exactly right. When Shanahan's team can't dictate and run the football first, they get in a little panic mode, and they don't necessarily throw the ball well, okay? But the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff, freaked out and did as bad of a job as we've ever seen in a playoff setting. They didn't lose that game by much. If you look at the scoreboard, they weren't that far behind the Chiefs. They didn't even have a fumble at the goal line, did the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you and I know game control, it looked like the Chiefs had that game from the first series on. But the reality was the Baltimore Ravens totally lost their head and forgot how they got there and went away from all of the things that they could lean on and attack the Chiefs' defense with. I think that gives San Francisco backbone. They've had two weeks to hear the narrative that if you get behind by 10 or 14 against the Chiefs or even seven, don't leave your game plan. Debo Samuel is a giant factor in this game. He's a Tyreek Hill Jr., okay? And he has McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk. They have weapons. So it goes back to the quarterback. What do we think about the quarterback? Now back to last year's game. I do think it matters. It shows you in spades 
that when that Niners team was even better than this year's team. Okay. Last year's Niners team, better than this year's Niners team, Kevin. And the Chiefs went out there on the road at San Francisco when they were hot. I know Christian McCaffrey's in his first game, so you can make that, you know, just don't talk about that piece of it. But Purdy was a quarterback and the Chiefs just dogged them, right? The Chiefs looked beautiful going up and down the field. I think that's something you got to plant in the back of your mind. When the Chiefs need to raise their level, they do it. So why wouldn't they do that against the Niners? Why wouldn't they play their best, match up well? They're the Swiss Army Knights. They got whatever it takes to attack you. Their game plan's awesome. I give you all that. Now let's go back to Brock Purdy, because we talked about Patrick Mahomes. Brock Purdy, question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, Kevin, we know that Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP for this year. I don't think he should win the – (laughs) ridiculous. He shouldn't. Comical. Okay? If he if he gets to if you vote for him, Kevin, then I propose to you, why didn't you vote for Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy's stats by NFL standards were way better than Lamar Jackson's. Okay? They lost that one head to head game. But we don't believe in Brock Purdy that much. We just don't. He's the Iowa State quarterback, Kevin. Brock Purdy is the last pick in the draft. You just cannot get your arms around that this guy could be that good. Now, let me propose something to you, a worst-case scenario, something ugly for your mind, Kevin. Did you think back in the early 2000s when Kurt Warner took over for Trent Green and went out there with the Rams and rode it into the Super Bowl, did you think that Kurt Warner was a Hall of Fame killer quarterback? No. I'll propose you, no, you did not. Then he got beat by the Patriots in his second Super Bowl by a young Tom Brady, okay? Did you think Tom Brady was the GOAT, the greatest of all time when he went out there in that Super Bowl against the Rams in the Super Bowl? No. What happens if Brock Purdy's the real deal, Kevin? What happens if this kid, who statistically showed you he throws the ball downfield accurately, did you see him run in that last game against Detroit? Did you see him to run and win the exact opposite of Lamar Jackson? So what happens if this kid happens to be just a young version yeah. of a very, very good quarterback, and we're just not giving him credit. I'll ask you this, Kevin. Here's a crazy question, and I'm—I I think I might understand what your answer is. Do you trust if you're a, someone that has to bet a million dollars on a game against the Chiefs? Okay, not where you want to be, but you got to do it. Would you rather bet on Lamar Jackson? Oh. Brock Purdy. Oh, you know the answer. There's no way I'd ever bet on Lamar Jackson. No chance exactly. in hell. No, 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 no. Exactly. Right. So everyone tells us how the Ravens are better, but what happens if this kid, who's calm as can be, what happens if he reads a few blitzes? He has all the answers. Debo Samuel is a bad, bad dude. Christian McCaffrey's great. They have a great offensive system. They have a tight end. Yeah, Spags probably will cause him problems. And he may look funny back there, and I expect him to have a mistake. But, Kevin, he has a team around him, and he is a smart, calm, more reliable guy than Lamar Jackson. There's a, there's a scenario here where this kid put up stats that should have been the MVP, and maybe he's really good. And they're both Big 12 quarterbacks. just want to point oh, this out. Oh. For the second year in a row, Kevin, yeah. both quarterbacks are Big 12 quarterbacks. Okay, so the one big play against Detroit last week was a, a deep downfield ball that Purdy throws up, and the ball hits the guy off the helmet and bounces up in the air, and they get a touchdown out of the thing. It was a very fluky kind of play, and I'm not – those things can happen. If you go downfield, good things can happen. That was a really big play in coming back and beating the Lions. But the Packers had a lead on them too, 
What what is it that you've seen in the San Francisco offense that made them sputter and fall behind? Was it something the defenses did to them? Are they susceptible to? Or do you think the Niners just came out and were flat and didn't execute? I think the okay. I think the Niners were more overconfident playing the role as favorites and like the Marty Schottenheimer days, just getting stressed out, hoping that you know. There's no way Jim Harbaugh and the Colts are going to beat us, Kevin. Remember that game? Yeah. There's no way. Right. Remember that? Yeah. And then they miss a field goal here and they miss a field goal there. The thing that the biggest differential in the Niners right now, it was we're going to have to flip to the other side of the ball right now is the defense is not playing well. This is a good defense, okay? And they have a middle linebacker in Fred Warner that does everything well. He is fast. He's physical. He stops a run. He can get into pass coverage. They play a lot of zone. Count on those linebackers to be good, Kevin. He has been awful in the playoffs. He looks like he's got a bad hip or a hurt knee or something. He's not making the plays. They have given up, Kevin, 5.5 yards per rush. Now, if you were a 5.5-yard rusher, you'd be in so high in the Hall of Fame right now with Earl Campbell and all those guys. I know. So the, the game's been dictated to them. The offense is not as much of an issue to me, Kevin. As the defense. As the defense has gotten them behind, and they're in shock. Cause well, Seven-minute drive by Green Bay. I know. Green Bay and, and leading he, you. Here's the stunning number, and, and it's a small sample size. The Chiefs have played three postseason games in the Niners, too, so it's not a full season. But the Chiefs are the number one rushing offense in the postseason. And the Niners are giving up 70 yards per game more than their regular season average. So we're looking at this thing going, it looks like the Chiefs might be able to just line up and run the ball on these guys. Exactly. And I'm I'm answering the offensive question saying, Brock Purdy's not perfect. The offensive line, other than left tackle Williams, is not, not great. Good. Well, it's the not Niners. good. The, the, the center, the right guard, and the right tackle are 30th in the NFL in protecting the quarterback. That's going to be Karloftis and Chris Jones they got to deal with. That's a nightmare and scenario bag. if the Purdy's if it, Purdy falls behind here. That is a nightmare scenario. Yes, but and Spags will bring the blitzes and he'll cause some havoc. So you've got to give the advantage to the Chiefs. But I'm saying, Kevin. Brock Purdy opened up his mind to something else. What have you seen Brock Purdy do this year, Kevin? Throw from the pocket, throw the ball downfield. Play action passes, they try to hit you in that deep 17 to 20 yard area that NFL teams don't even know is available. Okay? The Chiefs went there with Tyreek Hill. Remember that? And a, and a fast Travis Kelsey. But we've seen the Chiefs since Tyreek's left not even know that 20 yard regular routes are open. You know, a deep curl, a big crossing route a corner route, uh, those routes are what the Niners throw. And Purdy delivers them on time, beautiful, perfect throws often. He's a pocket quarterback, and if you throw him off of his spot, you can cause him a little bit of havoc, okay? He's not in the Patrick Mahomes mode. But in this last game, did you see him run? When he found out that he could run like other quarterbacks, Kevin, because Iowa State, he didn't really do that. He'd do that little pump fake. He'd even be three yards past the line of scrimmage. And he'd give you a little pump fake and fake you out and get five more yards. He's crafty, but man, he's got guts now. After that Detroit win, that let him know I can run for yards. I can be physical in addition to passing. Is he up to the task? I don't know. But I wouldn't put it past them that they have answers. They are not going to abandon the running game. If they get behind, they're going to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and throw the ball down the line to Debo and throw swing passes to Christian. And they are going to lose with their superstars having the ball in their hands, Kevin. They are not going to make the same mistake as the Ravens 
And that's bad that the Ravens taught the 49ers that you must be calm. I mean, they're going to be yelling at each other in the third quarter. I know we're down by 10, but give the ball to Christian. And that's their best chance because if they panic, they have no chance. The Chiefs have a lot of advantages around here. There's, there's no doubt about that. But the biggest question mark to me is what version of the 49ers defense is going to show up? Is there any chance, Kevin, that they turn themselves back toward the regular season version? Right now, the confidence that you have with the Chiefs is they can run the ball. You, you stated this stat enough. I know you know it, Kevin, very well. Three tight end sets, okay? Blake Bell. Most people don't even want Blake Bell to be on the active roster. Blake Bell's in the game, man. And, and Noah Gray is a good receiver. The Chiefs have gone to three tight ends, Kevin, at a higher percentage than at any time in the Patrick Mahomes era, yeah. any game. And right? Then, They've and, done it. And for the first time in Andy's career, he didn't really use a fullback. He's using a third tight end and changed the way the, the he's changed their running schemes because of this. And it's been very, very, very effective. I mean, insanely the effective. The line's getting after it. Yeah. The sure. line is physical. I, I, I'm not a big offensive line guy, like what difference they make, Kevin. But this group right now is coming off the ball with physicality and purpose. Pacheco and the Chiefs running game, which I always put way in the background. Okay, because Andy knows this. How do you win in, in the Super Bowl uh, era? You throw the ball, Kevin. And Andy taught everybody that before they even knew it was true. He knows you throw to win. But right now, for the first time in the Andy Reid era here, with the Kansas City Chiefs, they can lean on the run. They can run the ball right at you. And with this three tight end set, the thing that they've done that's really dynamic, Kevin, is they've unlocked a lock that has been wild. Travis Kelsey was double teamed all year long, Kevin, and basically was a non-factor. Now, we can say he's old. He wasn't as interested. He wasn't as engaged. All those things. But – he would get double coverage and give you, what, 35 yards of receiving or 50 or whatever. By making him a third tight end, Kevin, no team's going to come out there and match your three tight ends with, you know, seven safeties or five linebackers. They're still going to play cornerbacks and safeties in a more normal set. Suddenly, Travis Kelsey becomes a wide receiver. Does that make sense? Yep. He, when, when they line up and they go, well, Bell's really a tight end. Noah Gray's really a tight end. Uh, Travis Kelsey's the wide receiver. Suddenly you give him field to run and playoff version. I mean, he wants to go win a championship now. He's awake. He had that week uh, extra rest, whatever it is. But by formation, they are making him more open and not allowing him to run in the middle of the field and get double teamed and rely on those other guys who dropped the ball all year. Right, Kevin? Rasheed Rice picked up his pace. You were right on that thing. Here's a difference maker. Here's a real deal. They got Rasheed Rice. But now Travis Kelsey's really their next wide receiver, and they are running the ball physically. This is a great answer for the Kansas City Chiefs to be great right now. Play football without turning it over. Wait for Patrick to have his moments of excellence, and the Chiefs are great. But I will propose to you, Kevin, if the Niners were the regular season version on defense, if Warner got after it, if Bosa played like he can, these guys could stop the Chiefs running game. Well, they can cause some havoc. Bosa's talking big. I mean, he's talking big. He he's not been as good this year as he has in past years, but he's an elite player. And and Patrick Mahomes has said previously that he might be the toughest that he goes up against. So I think that's a fascinating part of this thing. But as everybody's been focused all week on Joe Tooney and is he going to play on the Chiefs' offensive line, I've been focusing on Jarek McKinnon because I would love that one extra little wrinkle for six or eight snaps, whatever it may be, ten snaps in this offense. I don't think 
Jarek McKinnon is going to play. But but let's just spend a moment talking about what he would add to the Chiefs offense if he could get out there for 10 or 12 snaps. He has uh, a wiggle about him that's a little different. He understands the passing game so well, and the Chiefs are more of a controlled passing game. He doesn't mess up his assignments on blitz pickup. It's the most important thing. And all he does is score touchdowns. Really, all he does is score touchdowns. Yeah, he catches, he snags the ball. You know, let's say let's say a scenario that's kind of poor for the Chiefs. Uh, A lot of people, again, around here, this whole week plus, all I'm hearing is just oozing of confidence. Like, (laughs) Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. You just, you, we've seen this, man, four out of five years. Why wouldn't you not believe it? It's not that guys? easy. But what happens, what happens? Here's the guy who's my biggest variable player of guys who you can't count on, but what happens if they showed up? His name is Chase Young. Okay, he's opposite defensive end of Nick Bosa. Chase Young was a highly touted, effective, dynamic pass rusher for the Washington football team, okay? He comes over to the Niners, and Ke- Kevin, he has been asleep. I mean, the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions just tap him, and he just stops and watch him run right by him. He doesn't hustle or jump on the pile. He is so disinterested and so ineffective, it's embarrassing. Okay? Why are they giving up 5.5 yards of carry? Well, Warner's not getting to people like I, I think he normally does, but this dude over here is awful. What happens, Kevin, if he woke up, you've seen it in the Super Bowl before, a guy has been traded to another team and all of a sudden can smell a ring. And... Chase Young. Well, so let's make this scenario. What happens if Chase Young got after it, Kevin, and he rushed the quarterback, and Bosa rushed the quarterback, and suddenly you have a version of what Tampa Bay did yep. when they surprised the Chiefs in the 20 season. Okay? What happens if those guys start bringing it and bringing pressure? Well, your guy McKinnon is the answer. So let's see the pressure's getting now. The Chiefs tackles can't hold up. Okay, they called a penalty for lining too far up in the backfield. So the right tackle's got to move up a little bit. And suddenly the pass rush is getting there with four. San Francisco does not like the blitz. They like to send four, play seven back, B zone and all that. Let's say it works. And now Patrick's got to get rid of the football. Well, you know what the perfect answer is for him? Dropping the ball over a rushing defensive end that's not being blocked well. And, and Patrick can't run. And he just drops the ball off to McKinnon. Guess what? Perfect answer against the blitz. Now that guy in open field, he'll just snag the ball and then be ready to run. And he's going to get you seven yards or 15. He's going to be ready to catch it. He's going to be ready in the red zone. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has played really good football. Okay, let's just don't blast this guy. He's taken his role as the second guy in there. He's made some nice runs in the playoffs, Kevin. He's done a good job. But McKinnon's better. Okay? And if the Niners press the pocket, with four rushing, which could happen. Not as bad as the Tampa Bay game, but it could happen. If San Francisco's defense wakes up and they're ahead 7-3, to three, Kevin, and they're putting some heat on Patrick, and now Travis Kelsey gets double teamed over the middle, where are they going to go? McKinnon might be the next choice rather than Rasheed Rice because he might need to get rid of the ball. So I agree with you. I think he is a, a dynamic player, a guy who could be very valuable in this game if the Niners' okay. defense starts playing its better version. All right, let's talk strategy because I think this is important and we don't want to be Monday morning quarterbacks on Monday. Going into this game, I've got a two-pronged question for you here. Will the Niners be the team that goes for it on fourth down, thinking this is our shot? In other words, will they have the, uh, will they have the mindset of the underdog? I know Vegas has them a two-point favorite. Are they going to be the team that goes for it? Their kicker has missed... Field goals in three straight games, or he's missed kicks in three straight games. 
And if Andy Reid has the same opportunity he had against Baltimore on that fourth down play, doesn't he kick the field goal this time? What, what, what do you think the strategy will be by these coaches? The biggest differential in these teams, Kevin, is Harrison Bucker against Jake Moody. Right. You said that. I mean, Bucker's been drilling the ball from 55 yards, pressure kicks. Uh, and ever since I've told you, Kevin, that the Christmas present the Chiefs got was the Raiders beating the Chiefs on Christmas Day. That's when they hit rock bottom. That's when they took a whole new mindset and let, you know, Bucker blast field goals and not count that as a negative thing. So I, I think you're pointing to something where the Niners, if I'm strategizing for the Niners, I'm factoring in my kicker not being reliable. I absolutely, Kevin, have two mindsets. We're the underdog completely. We are the underdog. We played these guys in 19. They beat us. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They played good in the playoffs. They have Andy Reid. They have Patrick Mahomes. I think the Niners become most dangerous if they say to themselves, we are the underdog. And then if you say our kicker isn't that good, suddenly you might go for fourth down more often. Now, I don't think that's a Shanahan core issue. You know, it's not like Dan Campbell being an idiot and going for fourth down. Dan Campbell lost that game, in my opinion. He lost the game to the Niners as a Detroit head coach. I don't think Shanahan normally thinks in those terms, but I think that's the most dangerous version of the Niners. If they come in thinking they're the underdog and are willing to go for fourth down and in strategic situations, not stupidly like faking a punt like Buffalo did, that was pure panic, Kevin. Trying to give a, a DB who hardly plays to run on fourth and sixth around the edge against the Chiefs? No, that's stupid. But they have the capability with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Kittle to go for fourth down a little bit more and be more aggressive. Now, for Kansas City, it's the easiest decision, Kevin, for me to answer your question. If Andy Reid doesn't, I'm, I'm just going to be hitting my head against the wall. Andy Reid and this staff make such brilliant decisions in game planning, in-game strategy. Spags is incredible. They just do everything right. They stress the other team by having answers all game long, coming from behind or anything else. But Andy Reid gave the Baltimore Ravens hope and a chance in this last game. Go up by seven and fourth and one. You kick the field goal every single time. You're the better team, Kevin, and you have a two-score lead and you're applying pressure. Man, you got to do that to Brock Purdy. Even though I trust him more than Lamar Jackson, that's how you win the game. If the Chiefs have a fourth and one from the 15-yard line, fourth and one inch, I don't care. You don't quarterback sneak it, kick the field goal, go up by 10 and say, really, are you going to be better than us the rest of the game by 10 points? No chance. So, and, and the thing here, again, with the overconfidence factor, for those out there that just have no nervousness going to their Christmas party, okay? No nervousness. I will present the, to, this to you as well. The Kansas City Chiefs have played flawless, great, dominant football. Right, Kevin? I mean, isn't that the feeling you get? But I propose to you, if you go back and watch the Buffalo game, I think there was a dude kicking a field goal to tie the game with about two minutes left. So the Chiefs dominated Buffalo in our mind as we remember it. But Buffalo was right there. That's why strategy is so important. In in-game yeah, decisions. And Raven, there's, no, there's nothing yeah. bigger in the NFL, especially when good teams play good teams, than what the coaches decide to do in games. The coaches absolutely can win and lose these games. Yeah, what, welcome to Dan Campbell's world, losing it. But the Ravens, the Chiefs dominated that game, man. It was a show of strength and mindset and physicality. 
And yet, at the end of the game, you look at the scoreboard, Kevin, the Ravens weren't that far behind. So I just proposed to you that this Chiefs team is playing great, and they are Super Bowl champion level, and I expect them to win. But this is not a team that clears others by 10 or 14 or 17 points, okay? You can talk to me about how great the defense is. The Chiefs don't turn over the football. They run the ball, and they're physical. you got Patrick Mahomes. It still is going to be a close game, Kevin. Yeah, because the Chiefs don't try to, to pull away. They don't try to pull away, Stan. They, they, they own that Baltimore game. And at no point in that I game agree. did the Chiefs just try to blow them out, except for except for when Andy Reid went for it on fourth down and failed. He was trying to put them away and saying, we're going to make it easy work of this thing. We're going to blow these guys out here today. After he failed on that, he was like, okay, we've got the lead. We're not going to turn it over. We're happy to punt it. We'll kick a field goal, whatever, let our defense. I think at that point, he'd seen enough of Lamar Jackson to go, this guy's not beating us today. And this game could look different. And the Chiefs could fall behind. A lot of things could happen. But I feel like if the Chiefs get a 10-point lead, the Chiefs' offense is going to bore us to death. They're not going to take any chances at that point. They're going to let their defense do the dirty work. They're there to win. And that's what I talk about Christmas Day, Kevin. Everything changed on Christmas Day. I think there was even a quote that came out. Was it Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid talked about Christmas Day? Someone asked him. That's when they took on this mindset that you're mentioning, Kevin. There are no style points for the Kansas City Chiefs anymore. Not this season. There's no, oh, we're the defending champions and we're high-flying offense, Andy Reid, all those fun things. All they decided to do on Christmas Day after losing was say, let's just go try to win the game, okay? I don't care by how much. Let's win by one point. Let's win by kicking a field goal. Let's win by playing defense and stopping somebody. Let's just take advantage of whatever the opponent has and let's do what we can to play as well as we can and keep ourselves right in the game. And that little Kansas City Chief helmet will intimidate every second that goes by, Kevin. The other team's getting intimidated like we're going to lose today. There is a power of intimidation that happens in football. The New England Patriots had it. Those three-minute timeouts or four-minute timeouts, while we're watching commercials, Kevin, they're real human beings. They're still out there looking across the field or looking at the other team. Every second you stood looking at Bill Belichick, you're going, uh-oh, we're not going to win today. And the Chiefs have that. Every second of every minute of those three and a half hours that we're going to be watching football, the Chiefs' intimidation factor is there. Just don't screw up, play smart football, and don't blink, which the Chiefs, right. that's easy for them. That's easy. They, they know they're going to win. And the opponent who's good enough to win finds a way to, to do stupid stuff. Okay? So that's the formula. But that still is a what? What do you put it, Kevin? 55% chance of Chiefs win? 65%? You know, 70? There's still a, there's a bunch of, you know, let's just say 65%, 67%, two out of three. There's still one in those three chances. And there's only playing one game, Kevin. There's no doubt. The and Niners are the best team. And that's why the we, Niners are the team that can win. And that's why we look so much at turnovers and, and decisions. I think strategy is just absolutely huge. In this game, our Super Bowl preview with Stan Weber brought to you by Cross Kitchens KC, Kansas City's remodeler. Tim Cross, love to come visit your home and see what project you may have in mind. Just give him a call. The appointment is free. There's never any pressure. It's just dream a little bit with CrossKitchensKC.com. And Fry Orthodontics with 14 locations. Your smile is just the start. Whether it's Invisalign, ceramic, or metal braces, teeth love us. You will too. Fry Orthodontics is online at FryOrthodontics.com. Your first consultation is absolutely free. Just mentioned KKHI. Stan, if the Chiefs win this game, 
Is there a chance we have seen either Andy Reid or Travis Kelsey's final game? I think Andy Reid will stay going. Um, gosh, he's enjoying this, and this is what he loves, right? And if there's a strength and weakness to Andy Reid, is that this is his arena, right? I mean, he his whole life he's had to lean on football, and he's so good at communicating with young kids of the old era and the modern era. So I think Andy Reid's right in there with Patrick Mahomes going, Let's, I'm having some fun. Let's go. I also propose to you, Kevin, if we're talking about a Super Bowl championship next week, I still will say this. The Chiefs are going to be better next year than they are this year. Yeah, this was an off year. Yeah. This was an off year for the Chiefs. Yeah. They're going to figure things out and get better. So I think Andy Reid's going, we won. Last year, the Chiefs were just one of a group of five teams, Kevin. They weren't the best in the football. They were one of five. And they, they worked their way through and won a championship. Do you and think Andy's they're better thinking, this year than last? Do you think the Chiefs are better right now than entering the Super Bowl last year? Because the, def- uh, the defense isn't even close. The Chiefs' defense, they have a chance to do something that's never been done. If the Chiefs win Sunday as the youngest defense in the NFL, it'll be the first time the youngest defense in the NFL ever won a Super Bowl. And if you've got the youngest, cheapest defense and you're number one in the NFL, <laughs> are you kidding me? And you've got Patrick Mahomes? I mean, the future's just insane. Exactly. And Rasheed Rice is the real deal now. You know you have someone to lean on. So I think the Chiefs will be better next year. I think Andy Reid's going to say, Last year, we were one of the five teams, and we got through, and, and we won. That's nice. And then he's going to say, this year, we weren't the best team in the NFL, and it's just we were lucky it's an off year in the NFL, and we won another Super Bowl. I think he'll be realistic about that deep down in his heart. They'll never take away that we got three. We got a dominant mentality. But I think he's going to get better in the next year or two, like you're saying. I think you're agreeing with me. So I think he's back. Now, Travis Kelsey has an interesting equation. If his brother, Jason, retires – if you were his, if you were his younger brother, would you say, Kevin? And I'm not talking about the Chiefs football right now. I'm just saying history. Would you like to retire and both of you go into the Hall of Fame the same year, five years from now? Would that be the coolest thing ever, or would that be the worst thing ever that you would take some shine off your brother and you want to make sure he's not in your class? You see what I'm saying? I think that's a big factor. If Jason Kelsey retires, which is more likely than not, it'd be cool if Travis did, in some words. And they both go into the Hall of Fame at the same time. Or it might be more cool if they go one year and then one or two years later. So what does he think about that? If you're his brother, I mean, if you're, you're Travis, just think about this brother issue. Do you think it's better he lets his brother be a Hall of Famer in five years? Or do you think it'd be more cool if you both went in at the same time? Yeah, I think for Travis, it comes down to how his body feels. He talked this year about the pain that he deals with and things like that. I think he wants to chase a lot of records. I think if they win the Super Bowl, he'd think, let's win another one. I I don't think either one of them is going to retire. But I guess if I had – we don't know Andy Reid's health status. We know he's had some heart condition issues before and things like that. And he's a a big man. He's not as old as Belichick, but he's older. So, you know, there's just – there's different factors for both of them. But we like to think of – our legends as going out on top. I don't, I don't know why that is, but that's what we want. I, I don't know. One Chiefs fan won't see either one of them retire, but if they win and they did it, I think people would understand, which is a very interesting thing in sports. Yeah. I think if we had to make a guess, I would say I'm more, I'd be more likely Travis Kelsey would retire because you know, his body may be worn down and he wanted to win this second Super Bowl in a row. He's talked about that. The odds of you doing it three years in a row really aren't like, hey, I'm gonna, let's put our head together on this and we're going to get it done. It's really hard. So I could see him saying, man, four out of five, 
Super Bowls, three Super Bowls and two in a row. This is a good time to get out. And, and he has now got the perfect runway. If you're his agent, you would say your height is so big outside of football that you're the next Michael Strahan. Look at Michael Strahan's done, Kevin. He's hosting all kinds of shows in New York City in addition to doing Fox. Why isn't Travis Kelsey set up to launch himself into an acting career or anything he wants to be? He is truly now an accepted star in a country like Patrick Mahomes and probably surpassing him. So if he wins a Super Bowl and he doesn't have to worry about working out and getting beat up anymore and he can launch into that next career at a multi-million dollar paycheck level, it'd be pretty smart for him to go. But Andy, I think he's going to love the challenge for at least one more year because the division is no longer a bunch of dud coaches against Andy. Okay? Right. Kevin, when we get to talk about next year, a quick little preview, because you're not only going to let me talk about football every week for the next 14 weeks, I bet. I bet you're going to cut me off here. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to tell you right now. I talk football every week, Kevin, but your listeners don't need to hear it. I understand. I'm just saying, think about the coaches now. I know. Sean Payton. There's a lot of critics of Sean Payton early in the year. You know, it's kind of like listening to what you talk about a lot, Kevin. Sean Payton's too mean, Kevin. You know, he's too tough. Well, guess what? You want winners. You want conservative people. You want people that work hard and do the right thing. They're going to come out on top, baby. And Sean Payton isn't too mean. He's a winner. Harbaugh's And Harbaugh is going to be real with Herbert. So the division's going to heat up now, Kevin. So division's going to be harder. I think Andy says, I still got the advantage. I think the Chiefs are going to be better in 2024 than they were in 2023. So I think Andy's coming back. All right, here we go. I'm going Chiefs 27-20, and I'm going to give you the script. There will not be drama at the end of this game. The Niners will, on their final possession, and I don't know, a couple minutes left, whatever, will not cross midfield. Chiefs will stop them on downs or get a takeaway, and the game ends on a Patrick Mahomes kneel down 27-20. You want to take a flyer at how you think it ends? I'm going to say Chiefs 27 also. I'm going to give the Niners 23, and I just think that you know the, the Niners are a championship-level team if Brock Purdy steps his game up and plays to his bust level. But I just think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are too much, so I think they'll find a way to, to make the Niners make a mistake. I don't know how it's going to end right at the end of the game. I don't necessarily have a feel for that. But I think the Chiefs find a way to win purely because of the greatness of every part of their organization, but mostly head coach and quarterback. That's where we start, Kevin, and and so often. And right now, these guys just have a look in their eyes that they know what they want to do, they know how to do it, their experience, and they're champions. And just like New England was so hard to beat. It was so frustrating when New England would win Super Bowls when they weren't the better team. There are, there are many times, Kevin, where they won the Super Bowl when they weren't the better team, but they were the freaking New England Patriots, you know? Yep. And now that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are. So I got the Chiefs um, winning the ball game, but I do throw out a red flag. I will be the least surprised guy in the world, it sounds crazy, if the Niners win. I believe in the Niners. I believe in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Like, you can't believe they have a formula to win this game. Sure they do more than any team in the NFL. They are the best other team in the NFL. All right. That's why Vegas has my two-point favorite. Stan, you're the best. And win or lose, we look forward to recapping it with you, Super Bowl 58, on Monday morning. Thank you, sir, as always. Thank you, Kevin. I hope anybody listening to this this week, Kevin, 
don't get you know kind of a depressed feeling like it's Monday. They might be used to hearing me Monday, and it's not Monday this week. But I can't wait to talk to you after the Super Bowl. Enjoy, and uh, let's go Chiefs. Let's do it. Thanks, Dan. Have a great weekend. Take care, Kevin. Okay, Stan Weber. Nobody, nobody likes Stan Weber. Your football feast, and there is your complete and total breakdown of the Chiefs and the Chargers. I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the 49ers, and what could happen in Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. Our final final is brought to you by Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch in Overland Park, online at joslinsjewelry.com. Ideal Health KC, regenerative medicine for you to get rid of your chronic pain. Online at idealhealthkc.com. And ticketsforless.com. No fees ever. Local company, nationwide services, local concierge, or log on to ticketsforless.com and use your promo code KKHI. Our final final is sports and politics. It's Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. There's an unbelievable clip from his podcast out there where he goes on about a four-minute riff about how bad Joe Biden is and how bad he's been for the black community and how inflation is killing people and how insane prices are and you know, gift cards to migrants and all these different things. And he says, for the first time in my life, I'm just going to tell you, I understand why 50 Cent, the rapper, is saying he's going to vote for Trump and other black people. Stephen A. Smith says, in 2016, Donald Trump got 12% of the black vote. In 2020, he got 16% of the black vote. And in 2024, he believes he's going to get well over 20% of the black vote. And he understands with the people that he knows and what they're talking about and the influencers, especially black male influencers in popular culture, are leaving Biden and headed to Trump. It's fascinating to watch. It's all over the internet if you want to check it out. Stephen A. Smith is an interesting character. A lot of it is shtick and a lot of it's made up, but this is real opinion on his podcast. He would never say these things on ESPN. They would not allow him to say it on ESPN, but he does it separately from that on his own podcast. And it sounds like Stephen A. Smith is willing now to vote for Donald Trump, a lifelong Democrat. Crazy what's going on on that front. And more and more people are stepping up now and saying, absolutely, Biden's going to run. Michelle Obama's not going to do it. Karl Rove, who you may or may not like, but is pretty astute politically at analyzing what's going on, said yesterday there's no way Michelle Obama is going to run, that she hates politics. She never wanted Barack to be in politics. She loves her life the way it is, but she hates it all, that there's no way she's going to run, and that Joe Biden maybe is the only guy that could lose to Donald Trump, yet it looks like they're going to run him out there. I still don't believe it. I'm watching the guy function. I'm like, there's no way that guy's running for president. I think just not debating alone disqualifies you from being president, and I think it would get to that place with Biden where he'd say, I'm not debating Trump. And I think once you do that, I, I think you lose. I, think, I, I believe enough in the electorate to say, listen, this guy is too chicken spit to, to debate. We know he's not coherent and we know he's crazy in the head and there's no way. So all things pointing up there, but the latest in our final finalist, Stephen A. Smith is apparently on board considering, considering at this point, voting for Donald Trump. There's your football feast. It is Super Bowl weekend ahead. We'll have Lee Sterling on Friday with all the prop bets. The coin toss, the which is no, you know, you're not a psychic on that. But his daughter is a singer and has been on an amazing run of analyzing and knowing the singers when they've sung the anthems before on the over under the national anthem. So we'll go over all the prop bets and everything like that. I think Reba McIntyre is singing the national anthem. And his daughter, who's a singer, has has hit this like, gosh, I think it's like 12 out of 13 years in a row. She's hit the over under on the anthem by finding old videos and researching how long it takes the singer to sing and the cadence and the pace and all those things. 
Lee Sterling will be with us with all our Super Bowl plays on Friday here at KKHI. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com. For as little as $5 a month, support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.